Anyway, hello! Hi! Welcome to our random conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends Raph... Raph? Raph? This is porn now. This is, yes. Two friends Ralph. Okay, this is now the Vomit Podcast. Um... Let's try that again. You yeah. are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. And I'm Carrie. And we're very happy to be recording for the second day in a row. Yay! <laughs> Getting ahead of the game for the holiday. Yes, because I'm going to see my father and my girlfriend. Yay! I'm so jealous. I want to go see Kelly, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come with me. <laughs> I can't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving Wednesday at four. Must work. <laughs> Sorry. Girls gotta eat. Yeah, that's that's fair. Kelly and I have plans. <laughs> yeah. I'm not intruding on that. <laughs> so um <laughs> as much as I love you. That that's fine with I don't me. Need that. <laughs> yeah. So what's up? Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> I know. We did like, a lot of things today. We've had a yeah. work day today. Yeah, and our website's almost finished. It's going to be up by this by the time that this is up. I'm very excited for you guys to see it. It's beautiful. Full plug right now. Talk yeah. about it. Go ahead. Yeah, Tell yeah. us all about it because it's beautiful and you've worked so hard. Yes. Yeah, so um, basically, it's um, it's three pages right now, mm-hmm. um, and we've got a kind of funky domain. So I want to make sure that I have that domain before I actually like plug it in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made it with Wix. It's free. Um, right now, we're going to wait until we have some Patreon supporters so that we can make it a little bit bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find all of our episode notes on there. You can find uh, the charities that we've talked about as well as some that um, we've kind of gone back retroactively and um, went ahead and put in here as well. Because we want you all to be able to be involved. Um, because as much as we talk about this stuff, we need to start getting more involved. Because nothing's going to change if we don't start helping. Yeah, conversation um, only takes us so far. And then yeah. action has to happen. Yes. So we're here to start the conversation and it's up to the rest of the world. We all have to then step up and say, where can we get involved? Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly what I wanted to do with this website. Um, But like as of right now, it's just episode notes and the charities and also on the front page, um, it there's a link to our SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to put up the newest episode every week oh, every time that. that we put one up and it takes so much work off of yeah me. yeah it's it's amazing um if you haven't noticed that i've stopped posting the episodes to facebook <laughs> because i just couldn't <laughs> yeah no that's fair um it was so hard because you can't schedule a post with instagram yeah and so then i would have to like post it to just post it to facebook mm-hmm. and it wouldn't post everywhere else so it was just oh god i can't i just can't so now we have this (laughs) yeah and i mean the website is what i'm gonna do instead of tumblr now for our episode notes so we're still gonna have a tumblr we'll reblog some things it's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. um but episode notes are now gonna be on our blog um on our website and um once you guys start donating to Patreon, I'm going to put up a members page. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to be real official. I might be able to actually make some of you guys editors if, like, things go well. And, yeah, or, like, moderators. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, we'll post some resumes for that when it comes time. Um, but, again, that's all big picture stuff that's right. going to be a little wi- a little ways down the road. Um, We're on episode 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm really excited for you guys to see it because I've been working really hard it's on it. It's gorgeous, and, y'all. Yeah. Kay's done an amazing job. So, <laughs> props, girl. Thank you. Very nice work. Thank you. Ugh, there's also fireworks in the background. Sorry if you can hear it. Yeah. I won't be able to edit it out. So, um... Because it's almost the 4th of July. And it will be after the 4th of July when this launches. Happy 4th, guys. Happy 4th. Happy independence from England. (laughs) Yay. Take that, you England fucks. (laughs) 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 Yes. Yes. We'll shoot pretty colors into the sky. And drink lots. And eat a burger, a hot dog, and a brat. Mm Mm-hmm. Brats with cheese. And apple pie. Yep. So there. You look like you just got a wonderful idea. I need to bring a pie. (laughs) I need to bring a pie. Yep. 
that's gonna go on a shirt <laughs> i need to bring a pie to the thing <laughs> we need pie i need pie i need pie right now i need pie right now too nothing's open except walmart and we're fucked. And so. we're inebriated. Yeah, we're already three shots of tequila in. And <laughs> I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, so it's not like I can use, like, fucking Instacart or something and, like, bring it here. So, yeah. I mean, well, whatever. We're going to have grilled cheese. Yeah, there is grilled cheese. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's get so, this done so we yes. can have the grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. F- eyes on the prize. <laughs> <laughs> eyes on the prize. As much, <laughs> as much as we love you guys. So, um... Yeah, we've had an amazing work day. We got some really cool pictures taken. Um, it's just, it's going to be really fun. So we've got so much more content coming your way. Yeah. So hop on over. Yeah, we're going to record. Give us a dollar a month, you know? Like, yeah, just like, give please, us a dollar. just help. <laughs> um, we both have had to invest in new laptops. I mean, we've got, like, bills to pay, y'all. So yeah. um, <laughs> as much as we love you, we ain't too proud to beg. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's not what we're talking about this week. So this week, how do you want to phrase this? My title is Diseases That Shaped History. Yes. That's good with me. All right. So this week we are talking about diseases that that shaped shaped history. history. And I know that that's a little bit weird and it probably feels like it doesn't really fit into our theme. But to be honest with you guys, I had never heard this side of infectious diseases before until I started listening to this podcast will kill you. Mm -hmm. And that this shit will blow your mind hole. Yes. And um, also, you know, this is kind of going with our anti-vaxxers episode because yes, with people... Yes, this is part two. Yeah. With people not wanting to vaccinate their children, we're going back to this and it's going to change our society even more. Yes. So please vaccinate your children. Vaccinate yourselves if you've not been vaccinated. <coughs> Help this not happen again. Yeah. Like, because we're not really in a world of this scale of outbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um. I was going to talk about smallpox, but I think I'm going to save that yeah. for a super disgusting Crooked News. Um, Yay. <laughs> uh, we're recording a Crooked News episode tonight and a Patreon episode yes! tonight. So, so um, we're going to be up really late and I'm going to be shit-faced. So, yeah. um, so okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just found it really fascinating because... There's so much that influences our culture and we don't really hear about the side of it. Like we learn about, oh, like the Black Plague happened and oh, like smallpox happened. But we don't really understand until we like go to college or listen to a podcast that's specifically about infectious diseases like I do because Mm -hmm. I love fucked up shit. Um, And because I just find it all fascinating. Like the more you study this stuff, the more you realize that just our concept of the universe is just not what we thought it was yeah it it, it was ground shift it was earth shattering oh me. yeah like when i first started listening to this podcast i was just like wait a second what <laughs> it hides inside your immune system oh that's gonorrhea by the way oh yuck it hides inside your immune system and kills you from the inside out that's oh horrific. yeah it's terrifying and it, the more you see that they're like intelligent I mean, honestly, like, that's how I view it when I, I mean, whatever to your own belief system. But like when I listen to that podcast and I hear about how they, how these diseases operate, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like it's just cells. It's like a hive mind entity of a disease. (laughs) The hive mind episode of Rick and Morty is the best. I know, right? (laughs) Unity! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait for season, for season four. (laughs) So... We're going to get into this. I, because we had to do this kind of spur of the moment, I wasn't really able to do my own writing, which is fine, because I found this really awesome article. Um, It's called How Infectious Diseases Have Shaped Our Culture, Habits, and Language. So it's super on the nose. Oh. Um, And it's by (laughs) someone named Maxine Whitaker. Um, So she is a dean, uh, dean of public health, medical, and veterinary sciences at James Cook University. Ooh, fascinating. She knows her shit. Yeah. And she... She a woman. Oh, yes. With one of the best names ever. <laughs> um, okay, so um, here we go. Again, I did not write any of this, but I figured we I'd just read it and we would discuss. Yes. So, um, so despite being so small, they can't be seen with the naked eye. Pathogens that cause human disease have greatly affected the way humans live for centuries. Many infectious diseases have been significant enough to affect how and where we live our economics, our cultures, and daily habits. And many of these effects continue long after the diseases have been eliminated. Oh, wow. That's why I, I don't even do think pox. about 
I don't even think about economics like when we talk about this. Um, I, I didn't I think don't about know it why, either. But like that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how much more these affect. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to this. So, um, infectious diseases have changed the structure and numbers of people living in communities. Yeah. The European bu- bubonic plague or Black Death. Um, that raged from 1348 to 1350, identified Ooh. by painful swollen lymph nodes and dark blotches on the skin, killed 80% of those infected. Jesus Christ. And that was only two years. Yeah. Two years. 80%. Oh, my God. At least 20 million people died, which was about two thirds of the population of Europe. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, really think about that as an adult because you re- you read that in your history book in high school and you're just like, okay. Yeah. But that's like two-thirds of your classroom. Two-thirds of the people were dead. Yeah. And like there were... It- Bring out your dead! <laughs> Bring out your dead! <laughs> well, I'm not dead yet. I no. think I'll go for a walk. I'll feel better. <laughs> No, I'm not dead. <laughs> Shut up. You will be soon enough. <laughs> so, 20 million people died, which is two-thirds of the European population at the time, mm-hmm. of course. Um, it slowed urbanization, industrial development, and economic growth as people left cities and reverted to rural and agriculture life because... When you're in the city and you're in close quarters, like a city is, and yeah. po- if you think of the poor sanitation that they had, they were just dumping their shit out the window. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And peeing on the street, which they still do in France. Um, and. Yeah. I know, never want to go to France. Germ theory. W- France is beautiful. Paris is beautiful. I've been there. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, it's honestly, the smell is worse in New York City. Oh, really? Yeah. You get a waft of, like, garbage. Ugh. Every now and then you're just like, and then you continue on and find cheesecake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Paris is beautiful. It is definitely meant to be viewed at night because yes. lots of things are covered in gold and they're, like, lit from yeah. beneath. Yeah. Which is incredible. Highly recommend. Best food on earth. Anyway. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. I ate so many pastries. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you don't even know. <laughs> All the weight that you lost in England, you gained back in France. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Different trips. <laughs> yeah. I gained seven pounds on that trip. Oh, wow. I bet you didn't regret it, though. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> like. No regrets. I learned how to drink wine on that trip. Ooh. When I was 18. Mm-hmm. From my art teacher. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep, learned about all about smelling, inhaling, and letting it roll over your tongue. And That's the why the wine notes. took down or went down easier mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to really drink wine until I listened to Wine and Crime. Yes, and um, then I was like, "Oh, that makes more sense." That's why I've always it. had trouble. Yeah, you have yeah. to smell it, mm-hmm. inhale all of that, let it roll over your tongue while you drink it. Yeah, chew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get all the notes. It's insane. Yeah. Let's back to this horrible, horrible topic. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, and fascinating topic. So, yeah. um, but yeah, people were leaving the cities because the sanitation issue there was really bad. They didn't know about germs. So in cities, the diseases would just spread. Oh, yeah, I bet. Because they knew nothing. It yeah. was like, oh, the air's bad. Stick your head out the window and snort this up your nose and I'll stick a leech on your ass. And then maybe we'll douche you with mercury. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> mercury douche, everyone. Oh, yay! Mercury douches! Oh, my God, that needs to go on a t-shirt. Mercury douches, anyone? <laughs> a mercury douche party on Friday night. Yes! <laughs> yes! Steam your vagina over a bowl of onions. <laughs> hang a banana outside in the full moon and then bathe in the sweat of a righteous man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Drink the saliva of a dead woman. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and so- then bury her in the direction of your home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so those who survived, however, who survived, however, were highly sought after for work. So employment went up. Oh yeah, 
The accidental introduction of measles to Fiji. Poor Fiji. Measles fucking sucks, y'all. Yeah. I honestly just want to do a whole episode about how much measles fucking sucks to get for part three of this anti-vaxxers bullshit. Yep. Um, <laughs> anti-vaxxers bullshit. That's the name of the episode. Yes. Yes, it will be. <laughs> Except yep. we can't do that on iTunes. Nope. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. So, um... <laughs> The accidental introductions of measles to Fiji in 1875 by people traveling between Fiji and the West caused massive numbers of deaths in communities previously not exposed to the disease. Oh. In a few... So they didn't know how to treat it. Yeah. And that di- that disease fucking sucks. And it is so contagious, you guys. Oh, yeah. Highly contagious. And horrific. It is nothing like the chicken pox, which I said, I think, in our last episode. But still, mm-hmm. I'm going to hammer it home. It's fucking awful. Go watch Outlander. Okay. Um, yep. Notes. What? I said notes. What? Notes. Yeah? In a funny a- accent. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't get it. No, it's okay. Why? I, I don't know. I'm drunk. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, I'm three I'm shots of tequila and have a margarita deep. Like Okay. So, um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna have to cut so much bullshit out of this. Okay. Um, okay. So they hadn't been exposed to the disease. So, um, in a few months, months, oh. months, 20 to 25 Fijians and nearly all of the 69 she- chiefs, I said chefs. Mm-hmm. All the chefs died. <laughs> All the chefs died and they were fucked because yep. now they couldn't cook. And then they couldn't cook any food <laughs> and we'd never get, we'd never had Fiji water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nearly all the 69 chiefs died. That's awful. Which is horrible. The leadership vacuum and loss of working age population became an opportunity for colon- the colonial government to import laborers from other nations to work in the agricultural industries. Yeah. Imperialism. Fuck we, imperialism. Yeah, we, we don't support that here. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> in the you co- colonist. <laughs> Ugh. Get, don't, sneak up, no, don't sneak up on me, colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that movie. Oh, my God. Shuri forever. Yes. Wakanda forever. Yes. Oh, my God. Wakanda sometimes. Excuse me. No. Have you ever seen that picture of Chadwick Bosman when he's doing this? Wakanda sometimes. <laughs> and like he has this look on his face like he's just so defeated, but like a lot of people wanted him to do that. And the caption is just Wakanda sometimes. Fuck, <laughs> <coughs> that went down the wrong pipe. No. Oh. <coughs> There's been a lot of that today. <coughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> in the Caribbean island, Hispaniola. It's estimated that within 50 years of the arrival of Columbus, his crew Fuck and Columbus. Fucking shit, you're right. The arrival of Columbus, his crew and their, quote, pathogens, like measles, influenza, and smallpox. Yeah. The indigenous Taino people were, I think, Taino? 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 T-A-I-N-O. Taino. Taino? Mm-hmm. You think? Okay. Yeah, I think so. People were virtually extinct. Oh, that's horrible. His arrival eradicated a civilization. Yeah, but he also, like, he did that, and then, like, he murdered a yes, bunch of people. Like, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. So, yeah. um, the, the, this pattern of large death tolls among indigenous populations in the Americas is repeated in many locations, causing loss of the traditional ways of life and cultural identity and changing the course of their history. Like, we're not even going to get into what we did to the native people here because it's fucking awful and it's still fucking awful and we should yeah. all fucking leave. Anyway, um, unfortunately, <laughs> introduction of the infectious disease into susceptible population was not always accidental. Quote, germ warfare, unquote, was a strategy used in many colonization and war efforts. This includes North America, indigenous populations. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. There were reports of blankets from smallpox infected corpses being deliberately distributed in the late 1700s. Well, that also happened more recently, too. 
like um, the government was giving indigenous people um, measles infected blankets. Now? Like, not like now, but like it happened within like the past hundred years, I thought. Fuck off. Oh my God. I hate life. Okay. They gave them like old meat and yeah. White people suck. Okay. Yeah. Um, there were reports of... <sighs> Send me to Canada. America's hat. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so this includes North American indigenous populations. There are reports... Oh, I just read that. Okay. Bodies of dead animals or humans being thrown into water supplies during warfare in, the, in, the, in Italy in the 12th century. Yuck! And saliva from rabid dogs or the blood of leprosy patients being used by the Spanish against French enemies in Italy in the 15th century. I'm horrified. Yeah, biological warfare is not fucking new. No. At all. That's crazy. Yeah. But they also had some... They had to have... Even though, like, germ theory wasn't really there yet they had mm-hmm. to have some notion yeah of how it spread mm-hmm. in order to be doing something like that yeah let because me just I, throw this blood on you honestly i think smallpox is is airborne oh yeah i don't know i'll have to relook it up but i don't know okay. we'll see so okay let's talk about economics changing the global economics so um infectious disease as well as the search for cures have had many influences on economics over the centuries in the 16 in 1623 the death of 10 cardinals and hundreds of their attendants led pope urban the seventh to declare that a cure for malaria must be found wait what are cardinals uh they are um high up priests in the catholic faith yeah okay so you got like a priest it's like a normal dude mm-hmm. who get, takes confession. Up, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. I just mm-hmm. know that they're higher up than priests. Yeah, but they're not the Pope. You can, okay. I, I think, you can move from cardinal to pope, though. I think it's okay. like the third tier or whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So. Okay, so he declared that a... Fuck, what did I do? Okay, that a cure for malaria must be found. Um, so this was a common risk in in Rome, where malaria, bad air, from marshes thought to be its origin, and we all know now that it's mosquitoes, mm-hmm. had existed since late, in, since late antiquity. So um, they thought that it was the air from the marshes when it's the mosquitoes from the marshes. Yeah. So they knew that it was something to do with the swamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's they just clever. Couldn't quite grasp that it was the bugs. Yeah. Oh, fucking mosquitoes. They carry so many diseases, I've gotten like you guys. four bites this weekend. I'm going to make you bug spray. Thank you. Uh, burp, burp, back on track. Okay, so uh, Jesuit priests traveled from Europe to South America to learn about local treatments. Because America has a lot of swamps. Yep. We're in a swamp. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's a swamp. Not really, but it feels like one right now. America's a swamp. America. Kentucky sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's beautiful, but the people kind of suck. All right. <laughs> Kentucky um, is the deep south. <laughs> in, 1631, in 1631, they identified quinine made from the bark of local... Cinchona? Cinchona. Cinchona? Yeah, Cinchona tree in Peru as a cure. Um, After that discovery, there was a race, there was a race to control the quinine in order to keep armies fighting war, European wars, including the Napoleonic and attempting to capture territories. Because why would we just try to help people? Let's make it about fucking money. At this time, quinine became a commodity more precious than gold. Of course it did. Because malaria fucking sucks, y'all. Yeah. In the late 1880s, Tunisia experienced severe infectious disease epidemics of cholera and typhoid and famines. That's... Oh. That's... Um, those are all... Cholera and typhoid are both sanitation issues. Yuck. That's shit in your water. That's you're not washing your hands and preparing food. Yuck. Yuck. 
Just wash your hands, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard, Mary. Come on, Mary. She was Irish, too. <laughs> Mary. Uh, Mary. All right. Um, so those so badly depleted the economy that it was unable to pay off its debts. And Ooh. this made it vulnerable to French occupation and then colonization. Oh, yeah. I bet it did. See how these kind of things tend to weaken the structures. Yeah. And then other bad things are po- more possible. Yeah. Because, you know, your army gets depleted or your crops get depleted. Your workers die. And it just mm-hmm. it, it, may, it leaves you open to attack. It's yep. insane. It leaves you very vulnerable. It's really sad. Um, in recent times, it has been estimated that the HIV epidemic in South Africa may have reduced its gross domestic product by 17%. Oh. From 1997 to 2010. Jesus Christ. And that SARS cost East Asia around 15 billion US dollars, which is 0.5% of their um, gross domestic product. Lord almighty. I mean, it's crazy. These poor people. Yeah. And because we have, we live in a fucking country full of drugs, let's be real. And yeah. pharmaceuticals, like, we don't really experience this, but it's still fucking happening yeah. everywhere. So here we go. Um, I mean, I guess that's one thing that I, we should probably be a little bit thankful for. We should be. For ph- a little bit for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Uh, let's give them a little credit. Like, they're the reason why we're not dying. In the streets. Yeah. yeah. And just like shitting ourselves to death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's too many people. We need a new plague. So it also <laughs> changed the foods we eat. Oh, I bet it did. The origins of many food taboos appear to be linked to, de- to infectious diseases. These include prohibitions on drinking raw animal blood. Yeah. I would assume so. I mean, that was a pretty serious ritual. Drinking chicken blood in the woods. Yep. I bet that it was. We're going to simulate that at my Halloween party. <laughs> on ch- on sharing cooking and eating utensils and plates between meat and other foods. Ugh. On eating pork in Judaism and Islam, most likely concerned about dangerous pig tapeworms. That's actually in the Bible. Yeah. Like not eating things of that come from that have hooves and and stuff. Yeah, like and you're also not supposed to eat shellfish. Yeah. Or be gay. It's yeah. in the same sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? I do both. Right. <laughs> I love shrimp. <laughs> I eat shrimp all the time and fish tacos. Okay. <laughs> um, new- <laughs> Newer examples of these food exclusions are still the norm today. And they include consumption of raw milk being illegal in many countries to prevent the spread of bovine tuberculosis. Thank God. Not eating soft cheeses when pregnant to avoid contracting listeria, which can cause miscarriages and stillbirths. Really? No, I had never heard that before. I didn't until I watched Jane the Virgin. Um, Like cream cheese. Really? Cream cheese, brie. I'm trying to think of other ones. Spreadable, the spreadable kind. Cream cheese is my jam. Goat cheese, that kind of stuff. All of those things are my favorite things ever. Yeah. I'll just adopt Okay, Um, (laughs) because I can't say no to food. Trying to stop people licking the cake bowl because of the risk of egg-borne salmonella bacteria. That doesn't stop any of us. Try (laughs) and stop me. (laughs) There's a whole line of edible cookie dough now. Yeah. We we sell some at work. Yeah, I don't care. Like? I make my cookie dough in here. (laughs) Yeah. You remember that cookie dough that we got from that one customer that one time? That, like, we got a shit ton of it and we all split it? Oh, it was so sugary. So I never actually, like, baked it. I was just, like, eating it raw. <gasps> because that's who I am as a person. Yes! Because I wanted cookies, but I didn't want to wait 12 minutes to put them in the oven. <laughs> I love cookie dough, though. Yeah, yeah same. Yes. Same. So at one point, I started getting, like, very sick. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yes! <laughs> like, that's the common oh denominator. <laughs> But you know what? It didn't fucking stop me. <laughs> like, Try and stop me. <laughs> I've been vaccinated. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so here we go. Adding uh-huh. words to our languages. Yay. I'm so excited for this part. I love language. This is my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> We're Man- both English majors. So like. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. This is like an orgasm for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, if you only knew. 
Ugh, okay. Many words and expressions commonly used in English have origins linked to an infectious disease. Okay, you have to tell me every single one of them right now. One such common phrase used for a person who may have symptoms of an infectious disease but can transmit it is called is to call them a typhoid Mary. Huh. I had never heard that one before. Mm-hmm. In 1906, Mary Milan, a cook, was the first healthy person identified in the USA as a carrier of the typhoid bacilli that causes typhoid fever, Ooh. a serious disease for the Western world in the 19th century, but which globally exists and has often extended in poor communities, existed in poor communities. So what happened was that sh- they, they figured out um, so germ theory was just coming to be, mm-hmm. and they figured out that some people are carriers without having symptoms. Yeah. She was an asymptomatic carrier. Ooh. And she was a cook. Yeah. <gasps> Typhoid is transmitted through food. Oh, no. And she wasn't washing her hands. Oh, gross. So a lot of it is like hot food that she was cooking, but she had a specialty of ice cream with fresh sliced pe- peaches on top of it. And they, I mean, like, they tracked her. The families she would work for were aristocratic families, and she would cook there for a while and then leave after a while, and they would all die. And then she would cook, they would all die, and she would leave. And they couldn't, she she couldn't grasp that because it wasn't a thing. Yeah. The concept of germs and and, and carriers, like, wasn't a thing. Yeah. That common people understood because she wasn't educated. She was a cook. Yeah. That was her education. Yeah. She didn't go to high school. She didn't learn science because that's not how life worked. Yeah. In that time period. And y'all, this is why you have to go to school. They would, well, but like she would leave, they would be like, you cannot be in the kitchen. And she would go be a launderer or something for a while. And then she'd be like, well, that's not my passion. And then she would sneak her, she would change her name and sneak into kitchens (laughs) and keep cooking. I can't blame her, though. Like. I can't either. Like, <laughs> if you can make art with food, why would you go wash clothes? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I get it. But at the same time, you got to listen to the, the scientists. Yeah. You know, and it, this was still in the, well, if God wanted you to live, he wouldn't have given you smallpox, you know? <laughs> yeah. And all of that nonsense. So it's just, it was a crazy, it was a crazy situation. But that's why we call people who are carriers... A typhoid Mary. Mary. Huh. One public health engineer traced an outbreak in Oyster Bay and a path of outbreaks wherever Mary worked. Oh, my God. And then here's what happened. Because she wouldn't stay out of the fucking kitchen. Mm -hmm. In New York, she was put into isolation where she stayed until she died three decades later. Oh. She was in solitary confinement. Her and her uh, terrier. We're in solitary confinement because she wouldn't stay out of the fucking kitchen. And they, they didn't know how to get it out of her. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't like, blame anyone in that situation. She like, wouldn't, she wouldn't wash her hands. They had to protect people. Yeah. Yeah. They did what they had to do, you know? Yeah. It blows. Mm-hmm. And I hate that for her. Mm-hmm. But at least she had to have her dog. But she, right. And she was informed and informed and informed and yeah. wouldn't stop. Yep. So and she kept changing her name so she could continue to do it. So mm-hmm. she knew it was wrong. Yep. You know. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. You ready for more? Yeah. Other such additions to our everyday conversations include "God bless you." Huh. After someone sneezes, it is. So you say "God bless you" after someone sneezes. Um, it's said and it's signaled. Um, God bless you after someone sneezes is said as it signaled that someone was unwell, perhaps seriously. It is credit. It's credited to St. Gregory the Great, although words wishing the sneezer safety from disease have been found in ancient Greek and Roman. Huh. I've heard that it was like um, a prayer to God so that you wouldn't. Get, get the devil. Yeah, so that you wouldn't um, have a devil enter you while you're out of control of your body yeah, while you're sneezing. The Puritans for you. Yeah. But they found it in, in ancient Greek and Roman times, too. Interesting. Roman colloquialisms, yeah. Okay. Um, the phrase, off color. That's one I've heard a bunch. Yes. Appears to have derived from the late 1800s, where a... Di- what? 
Were <laughs> a what? In the late 1800s were a diamond and then other items that were not of their natural or acceptable color were, quote, off color or defective. It soon extended to describe being unwell. That makes sense. Because, like, when you, you get sick, you lose you a lot of your color. Change, yeah, you change color. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so, um, feeling lousy means feeling poorly. A person infested with lice often scratches. Maybe ane- maybe anemic from oh. the lice feeding on their blood and doesn't feel well. No, no, no. So a lice is usually one single lice is called a louse. I feel lousy. I hate all of it. You know that louse- lice is cooties too, right? No. It's cooties. Oh my god. Did you ever read To Kill a Mockingbird? I did, but it's been forever. There's, there's a kid and they say, oh, there's a cootie. He's got cooties. Lice. By the way, in case mm-hmm. anyone was wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the 14th century French brought us two terms used in infectious diseases. Contagion, meaning touching slash contact. Mm-hmm. The disease from death and disease. The word disease from des means lack of and ease means comfort. Lack of comfort. That makes sense. Love that shit. Mm-hmm. Eating it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the 16th... Like a, li- like a louse. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you. Thanks for you're, making you're me You're welcome. Up. You're disgusting. <laughs> okay. Um, and the 16th century term epidemic is from the French epi, which means among, uh-huh. and demos, which means people. people. I love that I knew that. I'm really impressed. Thanks. So pathogens evolve with us and have shaped our lives and will remain one of the forces that we adapt to as we progress through human history. Huh. That was a beautifully written article. I thought so too. That's why I did not feel the need to add to or continue to search Google. Well, I found a great one on Ranker. And I don't know if you all if you all have ever been on this website. I have. Yeah, um, it's great. Yeah, but like it it also like every article like you can upvote or downvote, mm-hmm. and that like changes the article. So every time it's kind of different, mm. which is really neat. Okay. So, um, at least on your phone you can. I, I don't see that on here. Maybe this one like has that turned off or whatever. But I thought that this was really fascinating. Um, this was written by Kellen Perry. Um. And okay, so I wanted to talk about the Black Death. So this is really how this the is my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. So this is how bring the- out your dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Bring out your dead. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna finish my margarita real quick, and yeah. then we'll get started. Okay. Down it. Chug, chug, chug. Done. Done. All right. So. The so-called Black Death arrived in southern Europe from Asia in 1347 and spread through England, Germany, and Russia over the next three years, killing about one-third of the population. What's that creeping around your pee-pee and your vagina? The Black Death, Black Death, woo! (laughs) Sorry. That's a real song. The source of the bubonic plague. (laughs) Um. Black Death. It's gonna get you. It's the Black Death. Sorry. It's, it's fine. getting grosser. <laughs> um, all right. So the source of the source of the bubonic plague was and still is Yersinia pestis, a bacterium found in certain fleas and spread by black rats. Rats. Yes. The fleas mm-hmm. bite the rats. The rats bite the people. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sanitation issue. Yep. Yep. You might think such a devastating and oh-so-medieval pestilence has little to do with our 21st century world, but you'd be wrong. The modern impacts of the Black Death are evident all around us, from our hospitals to our, our Halloween costumes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, all of Tell this is super fascinating. everything. Oh, I shall. Are you so excited? Yes. Okay. So let me pick up where I left off real quick. Uh-huh. Okay. Exploring how the Black Death changed the world reveals that there's very little that wasn't impacted by death and disease at such a massive level. 
Among the effects of the Black Death had on Europe was a change to the genetics of modern Europeans. The plague literally changed who modern Europeans are all the way down to their DNA. Whoa! Yeah. Other other ways the Black Plague changed the world are less profound but still fascinating. Who knew that such a devastation gave rise to English pub culture? Read on for more interesting ways the Black Death shaped who we are what? as people today. Yeah. Pub culture? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so great. I can't wait. Okay, so number one. Number one of 14. Well, we're going to get through this. Yep. It made modern day Europeans more susceptible to certain diseases. Hmm. Um, the Black Death made such a significant impact on the population of Europe that it may have literally changed the genetics of the descendants of its survivors. The implications are both positive and negative. Subsequent encounters with the bacteria <gasps> responsible for the Black Death... Uh, likely went a bit better thanks to the genetic shift. Uh, later outbreaks never matched the ferocity of the original. Mm. Uh, but modern day Europeans are also more susceptible to autoimmune diseases and pro-inflammatory diseases than populations whose ancestors didn't experience the Black Death. Interesting. Yeah, so like Crohn's disease, AIDS, HIV. IBS. Yeah. Y- wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that might be why I have IBS. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay. Wow. Lupus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number two, it gave rise to the birth of You're the- You're right. You don't really hear much about people who aren't white having that stuff. Yeah. I mean, besides HIV, because that's transmitted in other ways. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Weird. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, number two, it gave rise to the birth of the English pub as we know it today. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this this was, like, what sold me on this article. I was like, okay, I'm using it. Like, Super. Um, okay. <gasps> so, the culture of the English pub can be traced directly back to the Black Death, according to one historian. Professor Robert Toombs from Cambridge University says that wages rose and prices fell following the plague, allowing working people easier access to beer. Pubs sprang up to accommodate the demand sparking english pub culture what yeah they had wow so that's another economic development yeah so like the price of beer went way down so the working people could actually afford it Mm -hmm. and then they realized that working people would buy it in large amounts so -hmm. that's why all these pubs popped up that's crazy yeah yeah and now it's hey i'm going down to the pub with the boys yeah like oh wow that's nuts yeah and it's all because of the Black Death. That's crazy. Yeah. I love this shit. Yes. Brewers could operate full time thanks to the greater freedom and prosperity for the working class in the wake of the Black Death. Mm. So, it prevented Vikings from settling in North America. Really? Yeah. We could have been very different if the Vikings had settled us yeah. instead of Christopher Columbus. And he didn't really even settle us, guys. He just came here, said it was here, and then someone else came. Yeah. Kay. Lots of other people came. Mm. Okay, so the history of North America would have looked a whole lot different if the Black Death never happened. Viking settlers in Greenland all but completely died out thanks to the plague and attacks by natives. So they were never they were never able to get a foothold on mainland North America and properly settle the place. Oh, wow. Yeah. Could you imagine if Vikings the had difference? settled? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Norway was... Well, a lot of... Um, Viking descendants are in Canada and in um, Minnesota, Minnesota, North Dakota, mm-hmm. those places. Yeah. Um, from like, sorry, I yawned. Um, like Leif Erikson and yeah. stuff like that. Newfo- Newfoundland, like those are all Viking settlements. Yeah. That didn't quite, you know, but they have like people, people in Minnesota have lots of borrowed in isms from norway and finland and sweden and stuff like that apparently i was a viking mermaid princess in a past life that's pretty fucking badass yeah like apparently like one of the lessons that i need to learn is that i need to quit giving so much of myself to people because like the people like my people that i was ruling over Mm -hmm. um my goal in life was to get them to like a good place to settle and, like, I could never do that. But, like, that was what I spent my whole life doing. And, like, it was... Wow. Yeah. You gotta do that for me. Yeah. 
Thing. Yeah, someone else did that for me, but I, I need to look into how to do that because I, I, I'm really fascinated by all of it. And like I've seen a couple of my past lives, but that was that was so fascinating to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so Norway was enfeebled by the plague as well. So it couldn't get supplies to the settlements in Greenland founded centuries prior by Eric the Red. Oh, wow. Things got so bad that Greenland had to be rediscovered in 1585. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So 200 years after the plague, they had to be rediscovered. Okay. Mm. So it also gave us the Grim Reaper. Oh, my God. Yeah. Metalheads. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Love it. Yes. Continue. Me too. Metalheads <laughs> and Halloween lovers have the Black Death to thank for the popular image of death as a Grim Reaper. The widespread death and disease changed the visual arts of the time to focus more on death and dying to a macabre degree. Yep, macabre. Yeah, macabre. Thanks. (laughs) Death became personified in the form of the scythe-toting Grim Reaper, a menacing figure that preyed upon the rich and the poor equally. Mm -hmm. The Black Death helped people to realize that death truly is democratic. Hmm. So it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You you're gonna get fucked. Nobody nobody's immune. No. If God didn't want you to die, he wouldn't have given you smallpox. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's just the way it is. This is the way how the world works. Margarita break. Yep. Okay. I have so many hiccups. <laughs> it gave I can us- barely focus on what you're saying <laughs> because I'm just sitting here trying not to hiccup loudly. Oh babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, it gave us the basis of our current property law. Really? Yeah. Um, the Black Death killed millions of people and tore families apart, which made it extremely difficult for survivors to figure out inheritances and who exactly owned pieces of property, especially when all the male heirs were wiped out. Oh, no. What do we do? Yeah. Oh. You don't have a dick? Sorry. Tragic. <laughs> um, family squabbles over such issues led to litigation on a level unheard of prior to the plague, which led to further litigation that set precedents in property law that still stand today. Hmm. One historian notes that barristers from the time would function just fine in today's courts. Here's Norman Cantor on the matter. A barrister of 1350 deep frozen and thought out today would need only a six-month refresher course at a first-rate American law school to practice property or real estate law. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, then. He Say that again? Okay. One historian notes that barristers from the time would function just fine in today's courts. Here's Norman Cantor on the matter. A barrister of 1350, deep frozen and thought out today, would need only a six-month refresher course at a first-rate American law school to practice property or real estate law. Weird. Yeah. 1300s? Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. 1350. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yep. That's... Wow. Yeah, so that's how long our laws have been in place on that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, my mind is being shattered. <laughs> and I have the hiccups. So as you spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. it, it inspired the first instance of biological warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, the Black Death allowed one Mongol warrior to use disease o- as a weapon on the battlefield. Janibig was a Mongol military commander who inherited the empire left behind by Genghis Khan. In 1346, Janibig wanted to take over the city of Kaffa, a trade port on the Black Sea in Crimea. The Black Death, however, was depleting his ranks and making the prospect of conquering Kaffa less and less likely. Janabeg came up with a thoroughly revolting plan to overcome the setback. He started catapulting his dead soldiers over Kaffa's city walls. It oh worked. Oh my god. The Kaffa... Shoot him over! Yep. The people of Kaffa fled to Italy, victims of the first known instance of biological warfare. So they had to have been aware of the pattern of people coming into contact with others. Absolutely. In order to view that as a viable weapon system. Yep. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's fascinating. That's so fascinating. Uh Uh-oh. 
This what? one's not so fun. Oh, no. It helped create a culture of anti-Semitic intolerance in Europe. Oh, my God. So this kind of led what? to World War Two. How? Let's read. It also ra- led to Ring Around the Rosie. Pocket full of posies. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. It's very dark. It is so dark. I remember singing that very often. I love it. All right. So Jewish people, of course, were blamed by many for the Black Death, especially in Germany. How? People were desperate for answers. Half the population of Europe had been mysteriously wiped out, so they created stories about Jewish people poisoning wells to satisfy their need for a scapegoat. Okay. You know, I... Okay. This was a very religious and very ignorant time. Yep. Religion is not ignorant, but people were not educated and religion was all they knew, and so they see others who are different and they blame them. Yep. That makes sense. Exactly. Um, They weren't correct. Let me just clear that up. We are not anti-Semitic on this podcast, but... No, that's not cool. No, we're we're just rationalizing the thought process of people to try and understand. Germans killed Jewish communities in riots called pogroms to eliminate the non-existent threat, nurturing a culture of anti-Semitism that ultimately led to the Holocaust in the 20th century. Whoa. Yeah. A study in 2011 showed that villages where Black Death era pogroms took place were more likely to demonstrate a violent hatred of Jews more than 600 years later. Oh my gosh. Isn't that wild? That's insanity. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm speechless yeah. over here because this is just so crazy. <laughs> so um, it also paved the way for the theory of contagion. Okay. Um, the Black Death helped the public at large to realize that humors weren't the cause of disease. Humors? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so many people were getting violently ill and dying, the Greek concept of humors, four bodily fluids that controlled an individual's health, started to seem wildly unlikely. How are so many people experiencing this imbalance of fluids? Instead, the theory of contagion began the wi- began to be widely accepted, slowly but surely. It wasn't until 1546 that the medical establishment in Europe embraced the theory of contagion. The theory prevailed until Robert Koch's germ theory of the late 1800s. Whoa. Yeah. And gave us the word quarantine. Oh, shit. Yeah. Quarantine is a common ter- term generally used to mean a period of time when the sick need to stay isolated from the healthy. But where does the term come from? Quarantine comes from quarantino, a term derived from the Italian word quarantana, meaning 40. Hmm. During the Black Death, the Italians devised a 40-day isolation period for the sick, likely inspired by biblical events that lasted 40 days. The Great Flood, Lent. Yes. Um... The concept of isolating the sick predates the Black Death, but the term quarantine originates from that time. That's so cool! Yeah! More words! Oh my gosh! I love it. Yes. That's nutso. It hastened the dominance of the English language. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I did know that. Um, It's bananas. Yeah. It would be a stretch to say that we would all be speaking Latin if it wasn't for the Black Death, but historians do think that the plague hastened the dominance of English. The Black Death killed a disproportionate number of the clergy, meaning it killed a lot of men who were illiterate in Latin. He replaced them? A lot of laymen, barely literate in Latin, who also just happened to be barely literate in English. Yeah, because English was the language of the peasants. Yep. The nobility spoke Latin and French. Mm Mm-hmm. It helped create the middle class in England. Wow. Yeah. Most people alive in England at the time of the Black Death were peasants. Following the Black Death, there were a whole lot fewer peasants left, meaning they could, in the words of one historian, be a lot more choosy about where they worked and more expensive to procure. Those remaining peasants thus accumulated the wealth of those who died and were better off than before, leading ultimately to the rise of the middle class. The Black Death essentially gave peasants a lot more leverage in how they related to the upper class. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so fascinating. It lowered genetic diversity in England. Duh. Now that we think about it. Because two-thirds of the population died. Yeah. So that makes sense. Ooh, ghosts and hauntings connected to the Black Plague. They were already, like, fucking their cousins and shit anyway, too. So. 
Yep. England would be a more genetically diverse place if it wasn't for the Black Death. That's right. England was actually more diverse in the 11th century prior to the plague than it is today. Random genetic drift is partially to blame, but the population crashes like those that occurred after the Black Death are likely the main cause. Wow. One theory to help explain it is that England didn't quarantine the sick like the Italians did. For just one example. No, because this is the way we've always done it. (laughs) Exactly. This is tradition. (laughs) It is against our tradition. (laughs) Um, Leading to less variable DNA sequences for the English. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so it sparked the Protestant Reformation. The Black Hmm. Death is widely considered to have struck a blow against religion, considering how the clergy was just as susceptible as anyone else to the disease. Royalty was similarly impacted. Princess Joan of England, daughter of Edward III, was a victim. Clergymen killed by the plague were often replaced by less experienced and sometimes corrupt men, which further helped to weaken the Catholic Church's image. Um, Makes sense. Yep. All right. The great schism of the church in the 14th century that ultimately led to the Protestant Reformation was aided by the Black Death and the chaos that followed. Wow. Um, It helped revolutionize hospitals. Prior to the Black Death, hospitals focused more on offering hospitality than medical care. Like the modern day motels and hotels. What? Yeah. Hospital. Hospitality. I got that. I'm just... Having a really hard time focusing. Like, what would, <laughs> what did they do? Just, oh, hello, let me give you a nice bed and a cup of soup. Yep. Night. <laughs> Nighty night. Nighty night, don't bother me. I gotta do my crosswords. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Like modern day motels and hotels, hospitals at the time provided lodging and food for pilgrims as well as the poor. The medicalization of the medieval hospital can be traced to the 1330s and 1340s when more hospitals were founded in Florence, Italy, than in any other time. During the Renaissance, hospitals became more specialized with different wards for different types of illnesses. Hmm. That's how we have our hospitals of today. Yep. This is all very fascinating, and that is the end of my beautiful article that I found. Very nice. That was fascinating. Yeah. Yes. I enjoyed it immensely yeah i did too i gotta find our game okay it's right here between our computers our twin computers It is. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is our game. If you had to, uh, by drunk stone or stupid hashtag sponsor us. Um, there you go. Take a deck. Any deck. Any deck. We're doing good on time. We are. And there's not much bullshit for you to cut out. No. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we just get so excited to see each other, you guys. Yeah, we talk about a lot of things that I cut out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, it's your turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. So, if you had to, would you? Eat all of your meals off Vin Diesel's head. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I am, I am Groot. Um, okay. Or every time you wake up, you're careening down the world's steepest water slide. Well, that'll sure wake you up. I think I'd take the water slide. I think I would too. <laughs> I don't want to eat off someone's head. That sounds disgusting. No, there could be a louse. A louse, yes. <laughs> there could be a singular louse. Just a louse. <laughs> he is bald, though, so chances are he wouldn't have lice. Yeah, but still. But still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys so much. Head on over to our Patreon. Follow us on social media. We love you. We love you. Talk to us. Slide into our DMs. Mm-hmm. And definitely remember... You are not a monster. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. 
We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.